You are listening to the IMN podcast produced by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion. We've asked members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to share how their lives have been blessed by living the gospel of Jesus Christ. To the Savior's request, come follow me, they have all responded, I am in. Matt Huff was born in Emmett, Idaho and raised in the Teton Valley. He calls Idaho home. He loves the outdoors and considers it a dream to have grown up here. Brother Huff served a mission in Brazil. He met his wife, Serena, at Idaho State University. They were married in the Boise, Idaho Temple and are the parents of four children. Matt decided early in his marriage that he was going to be rich, so he dropped out of college his sophomore year. He made a promise to his wife that he would complete his education, and he did go back to get his bachelor's degree from George Fox University. He's currently working on his master's from BSU in organizational performance and workplace learning program. Brother Huff has owned several different businesses during his first 12 years of career. Five years ago, he sold them and is now living his dream, helping youth and young adults come to know and love Jesus Christ as a seminary and institute teacher. It's great to be with everyone uh, today and um, I get to hang out with my wife today, which is amazing. Sister Huff got to come and be with us today and um, get to hang out with some of my heroes here in this room. Um, and two, uh, lots of heroes, um, and two uh, brothers here, Brother Edwards and Brother Gagnon, that taught Sister Huff in seminary uh, back at Meridian High. So, uh, look, she came, she came with her scriptures today, too. <laughs> came with her paper copy of scriptures. Uh, so, anyways, it's so good to be with everyone. Um, I love to get to do this. Um, the thing that I'm most passionate about is helping people come to know and love and understand Jesus Christ in their lives. And so this is like what I love to do. And I'm so grateful uh, for this opportunity to be able to share some of my stories that I've had with the Savior and how he's touched my life and changed my life. And come on in. We're glad to have you. Come on in. Um, but... I hope that as I tell my story and how the Savior has been in the details of my story, I hope that uh, all of us will be able to better see the Savior in all of our stories, now and retrospect and in the future. Um, so yeah, born in Emmett, but shortly after, my dad uh, went to college at Utah State. So our family, it was me and my, I have an older sister at the time, uh, we moved to, to Logan, uh, and my dad got his first teaching job. He was a school teacher by trade, and then in the summertime, he owned a, a lawn care landscaping company. Um, and so he got his first teaching job out in Driggs, Idaho. How many know where Driggs, Idaho is? Little tiny town out in East Idaho. If you go uh, just east of Rexburg and keep going about 40 minutes, uh, it's freezing cold up there. Most of the time, it'll snow on you. I've seen it snow on the 4th of July up there. <laughs> it's cold. It's just downright cold. And so you have to just embrace that kind of weather. <clears throat> but anyways, I, it was a dream to grow up there. All the outdoor stuff. And I lived there in the 80s and 90s before the billionaires kicked all the millionaires out of Jackson Hole. 
And when people lived there that were farmers and just the good old hometown folk and um, still a great place, but it's changed a lot. It's a lot more like kind of like a Sun Valley, McCall, um, that type of feel, right? Um, but growing up there was just a dream. And, and as I was thinking about today, I was thinking about what was the first miracle that I saw as a kid? And it was when I was probably around five years old. So our family had just moved to town. And my dad, um, he got a job that summer teaching uh, summer school. And he had this young man walk into his classroom. And a young man by the name of Ian Moore was his name. And he comes walking in and, um, and Ian said, I guess I'm here to be your TA. He was going to be my dad's teacher's aide. And my dad said, well... I didn't know anything about a TA that I was getting a TA, but I guess you're in the right spot because I'm here and you're here and I guess you're my teacher's aide. And so um, come to find out uh, over the next couple of days that Ian was not supposed to be in that room. He was actually supposed to be the TA of another teacher and somehow schedules got turned around and he ended up in my dad's class and being TA with my dad. And... Uh, so they got to know each other and uh, my dad got to learn about Ian and Ian had a crazy life story. Ian was probably 15, 16 years old at the time, but his dad was in prison. Turns out they don't like people robbing banks and they throw you in jail for that kind of stuff. And <laughs> so dad learned all about Ian and his crazy story. And Ian had a ton of medical uh, struggles as a kid and a ton of surgeries. and. His mom was a single mom raising him and, and, and his siblings and um, just had a rough life up until that point. And um, he started to ask my dad questions about what, did you, what do you believe? Why are you so happy? Why, what is it about you? And um, my dad started to share with him just the gospel of Jesus Christ in normal and natural ways. Um, and before you knew it, Ian was sitting down with the missionaries and learning about Jesus Christ and letting the Savior change his life. Uh, and it was powerful. Ian was baptized. Ian went on a mission. Uh, now Ian's sealed in the temple and has just an amazing family. But um, as I look back on my story at five, six years old, that was the first time that I, as I go back in my life, that was the first time where I saw the Savior work a miracle in somebody's life. And to this day, um, Ian is a brother of mine, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, in my mom's patriarchal blessing, it says that she'll have sons and daughters. Well, I'm her only like biological. Sorry, I just hit the mic, but I think, I think we're good. I got to be careful. Um, but uh, crazy that Ian became a part of our family and became a brother to me that I never had because I've got three sisters and then I was the only boy, but um, the Lord made good on that promise that my mom would have sons and daughters and truly has been a brother to our family and is just one of the greatest miracles. Um, I got to serve a mission in Brazil um, and that was amazing. Uh, one of the things that I would say one miracle that's relevant to today uh, with my mission is so I taught at Rocky Mountain High School uh, last year for seminary. And one of my students there, this is crazy, he got called on his mission to the same mission I went to, right? Well, his very first area was my first area on my mission, right? 
it gets better. It gets better. So when I was there, there was this young man named Neto, and he was 16 years old at the time, uh, and decided, you know, I want to follow the Savior, becomes baptized. Um, and he was the only member of his family. His family super strong Catholic, right? And so he was the only member of his family. And his family pretty much was like super angry with him. And why are you joining the church and all this stuff, right? Um, well, fast forward about 20 years. And uh, the crazy thing is, is I lost contact with Neto. But he went to church and started asking about Neto. And where's this guy named Neto? And this elder Huff that used to be here knows this guy. He baptized him. Come to find out his dad's now the bishop of what used to be a branch, but now it's a ward um, who his dad and mom wanted nothing to do with the church. Now his dad's uh, the bishop sealed to his great wife in the temple and they're serving the church. His sister has got a calling in the church. And um, so, yeah, he sent me a picture the other day with him and Neto they took a picture together. And uh, anyway, so I, as I was thinking about today, that was another experience I was thinking about of how God is just in the details. Um, I met my beautiful wife, uh, Sister Huff, here at Idaho State. Um, go Bengals. Go Broncos, too, right? But uh, it was, I, and I want to spend most of my time talking about the professional and the school and stuff that's relevant for you guys as you get ready to as you're taking these steps in your own life but I'll tell you one uh, fun fact um, when Sister Huff so we both ended up at Idaho State um, and one of the things so she's really smart I'm not I have to study really really hard to learn things but she's the type, you know those people that can fall asleep in their classes and then they take the test and they're like, A plus, right? That's not me. That's probably a lot of you out here today. And that's her. But uh, I have to study really, really hard. And so um, Idaho State said, you're so smart, Sister Huff. We want you to come be a part of Idaho State. <laughs> we want to, in fact, give you a little bit of money because you're so smart. Yeah, that's not me. I ended up at Idaho State with a different story, but she went there. But don't you think this is a good story to tell them? Um, she's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so when she was getting ready to go to Idaho State, um, the, you know, of course, all the options were out there. Where do you go to BYU, BYU-Idaho? Do you go to Idaho State? Where do you go to college? And um, I love this story because I, I think it just, fits perfectly with a lot of what we go through, right? Um, so she prayed about it and received revelation that she should go to Idaho State University, whereas a lot of her friends were going to BYU, BYU-Idaho. And one of my favorite comments from one of her friends was they were worried about her testimony. Like, if you go to Idaho State, are you sure you're going to still have a testimony? <laughs> Which is so funny because it's like, People in Pocatello have testimonies, people. They're amazing people, right? They're, they're the salt of the earth. Um, and so she followed uh, the revelation from the Lord to go to Idaho State. And um, her first year uh, in college there, her and her friend group, uh, what'd you hit, over, a little over 10 baptisms? What? 12? 12. Okay, nobody's counting, but 12, 12 souls, right? 12 souls, but 
I, I just think about that of like, yeah, she didn't go to that BYU or that BYU-Idaho or whatever it was, but the Lord had a mission for her there. And I just love telling that story because um, he'll be there in the details, right? And I think about a lot of missions don't have that kind of success, but um, when you're doing the Lord's will, he'll provide a way and he'll provide these miracles, right? And so um, anyways, I, w- I met her at actually an institute activity. After the activity was over, um, I met Sister Huff and um, that's like a 40 minute, 40 hour presentation in and of itself. But um, suffice us to say, like, she's the best. Um, and I'm so grateful for her and all of her support. And she's just amazing. Nobody else in my life inspires me to be more like the Savior than her and to just love him and everything. She's everything. So thank you. Um, so, yeah, my sophomore year going to Idaho State. Um, I was so like when I first started out in my schooling, I wanted to be a dentist because growing up as a kid, I was always on the other side of money. <laughs> I was broke as a kid, right? And so our family didn't have a whole lot of money uh, growing up. And, and so my mindset professionally and career-wise was I got to be rich. I had this chip on my shoulder that Matt Huff is going to be rich and I'm going to do this and I'm going to show the world I can make a lot of money. And like, so when I got home off my mission, I started looking at the different professions and I was like, wow, dentists work like four days a week. They drive nice cars. They have nice houses. Maybe I should go to dental school. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, still, until I started taking those classes. You go into biology and the chemistry classes and all that and atoms and eons and all this stuff. And I'm like, what in the world is this stuff? They never taught me this at Teton High School. This is not even like anything that I learned, right? And so I fumbled my way through a semester or two in this pre-dental track and um, just realized, wow, this is not for me. This is not, like, this isn't clicking right. Um, And at the time, I got a job uh, uh, working at the mall in Pocatello selling cell phones. And this was back in the days when the cell phones were just coming out and, like, they had people in the mall, they had stores up everywhere, and you were, like, this was the new hot thing, right? Whereas today you can get online and buy one or, you know, whatever. You don't necessarily need to go into the store to do it, right? Um, but I realized I loved that side. I love business. Like, I, I realized, like, oh, I, I think maybe business is, like, something that I would like to do. And so after prayer and everything, we decided, you know, we should switch to some business classes. And so I started taking some business classes and I really started to enjoy that and it fit more of what I would want to do. Um, And then I had the opportunity to start a telecommunications company, uh, like a franchise opportunity is probably the easiest way to explain it. Um, And so I started that business while I was going to college, right? But as I was going to school and running this business, I started to make some good money in business, right? And for me, coming from never having much money, right, getting married with roughly about $3 in my checking account, (laughs) on the day, (laughs) 
I always will know she never married me for the money, right? I got friends that married once they had money, and then they always have to question whether they love them or not. Just joking, just joking. But I know that she did not marry me for the money. Um, And so I decided that the smartest idea on the planet would be to drop out of college. (laughs) <laughs> not my brightest moment, guys. Uh, so, but I did. I said, you know what? Forget school. These guys, pff, they're trying to teach me about making money. I could teach them a thing or two about making money. Just prideful, arrogant, thought I knew what I was doing. Um, and so I dropped out. And coming from Sister Huff's household, she grew up in a household where education was everything, Right? Um, dad, you know, pharmacist, went to, went the school route. Sister Huff is, you know, was getting her master's degree. She has a master's in speech therapy. And so when she heard that I was dropped, well, that I wanted to drop out and we talked about it and everything, it, it maybe didn't go over so well. Let's just say that. It wasn't like our finest counseling session, but nonetheless, she said, hey, if this is what you feel like for our family and um, we just kind of went for it, right? And I dropped out and this was in 2006 and, and she said, well, please just promise me you'll go back and get your bachelor's degree at some point. And I said, yeah, I promise you I'll do that. And she said, well, what time frame? <laughs> and I was like, oh, now you got to pin me down on a date. And I, I, I thought that, like, in my mind at the time, this was like a long ways out. I said, ah, 2009. 2009. I'll get it done. Well, the time went by, and it went by, and it went by, and I think we got to, it was 2008, wasn't it? And 2010. 2010 was the goal. Oh, that was the goal. Okay. I gave you another year. Okay, 2010. I had to have it done by 2010, though. Right? Okay. So um, I said, okay, that, that's fine, and just did my business thing. And, um, but as, the, as it started to get closer, we made it into 2008, and she goes, hey, I've been doing a little research, and I found a program here in Boise, the uh, George Fox, because we'd moved over here for my business. We were living here in Boise, and uh, she said, um, you can finish the program in about a year and a half. And this would be about perfect for you finishing at the end of 2009. And I said, okay. And again, like for me with school, like it's, I have to really pay a price. I have to study really hard and I can learn it, but it doesn't come natural. But I decided to do it and it was awesome. I got to meet some amazing people that were similar to me, that had a similar story, that were uh, maybe owned a business or were in a professional career that hadn't finished their degree yet. And um, at the end of 2009, it was December of, of 2009, I finished my bachelor's degree. And I made good on my word <laughs> with my wife. I made good on that word. And, um, and so I'm grateful, super grateful. And this story doesn't end of why the bachelor's degree was just so important that this had to happen, right? And so um, I get the bachelor's degree, and at the time I'm uh, running, you know, my telecommunications company and stuff, and um, 
I had a sister, my older sister that lived here in town, uh, and she owned a couple of different insurance offices here in town. And um, I started to talk to her about the insurance business because I could see that the, the business that I was in was the, the market was changing and different things were happening. And so I needed to look at different opportunities, right? And so I started to talk to her about the insurance uh, business. And one of the things that I loved about it right away was the fact that you could make residual income, right? And that's what I loved about business was doing the work one time and getting paid over and over again, right? Because how many people pay car insurance, right? How many people pay home insurance, whether you want to or not, right? But it's one of those things where uh, you it, it just... A thing you got to pay for, right? And so I started to talk to her about it, and um, and Serena and I did a lot of fasting and a lot of prayer and trying to figure out if this is what the Lord would want our family to do. Um, and we had uh, one, we had a son named Lincoln, and we had a, a daughter on the way, but we felt like that the insurance business would be an opportunity that we should look at. Um, so my sister told me about a guy here in town that was wanting to sell one of his offices possibly. He didn't have it listed on the market, but it was one of those opportunities. And so I said, well, I'll just go talk to him, right? Um, so this is a takeaway for here is um, what I found is, a, is counseling with people and counseling over things unlocks a lot of revelation. As you work through your schooling, as you work through professionally what you're going to do, as you talk to people about opportunities and what those look like, they, it really opens up different windows, right? Um, oh, and another takeaway from the school thing, get that degree done, right? Get that degree done. Like I tell people all the time, people ask me, they're like, hey, Brother Huff, like, I want to go down the business route. Do you think I really need a degree? Do you think I should spend my time on it? What if I just become a YouTuber and I'm rich overnight? <laughs> Which the chances of that are very slim. I think we all know that, right? But I tell them, go to school. Finish that bachelor's degree out. The things that you will learn along the way that will help you be a successful business owner, be successful, um, will, they'll all help you. And you never know when something might happen in your life where you'll need that schooling. Whereas maybe right now you don't see it, but definitely, right? So anyways, I started talking to uh, this guy about uh, the opportunity to buy his insurance business, right? And uh, he said, well, that sounds interesting. And so we started talking about it and um, we decided with the Lord that, hey, we're going we're gonna to make this leap. We're going to buy this company and we're going to do this. And uh, so we talked to him about doing what it's called an owner carry, which is the seller of the business carries the loan on it because he owned it, right? And then we would pay him some money up front and then he would carry the loan for the term of the loan, right? And then we would just pay him the money, right? So... We went out and scrounged up every bit of money that we had, basically, and we convinced her parents, because her parents had a little bit of money and savings, convinced her parents to lend us a little bit of money as well. 
And so oh, I'm smiling right now because looking back, it's like, Brother Huff, what? This is like, it was just crazy. Like, we literally invested everything in this thing, just going, okay, Heavenly Father, we felt that this is right. We, we want to do this. We can see how um, this will be a blessing for our family, right? And, you know, you talk about things it's okay to go in debt for, right? It's okay to go in debt for education. Brother Felix could help us with these. Um, a house, right? Reasonable house, right? Employment opportunities, and, and this one certainly fit in there with a, a business, and we had a business plan and all of that, but was still nerve-wracking, right? Um, but we just felt that this is what the Lord would have us do, and so we jumped in, jumped in full, full steam ahead. And um, one, of the, one of the points in my life uh, with this story that, where I saw the Lord's hand dramatically was I had to go up to Seattle for a training. So as part of this business, um, I had to go to Seattle to get trained on insurance products, how they work, how to market them, how to sell them. And that training took place in Seattle. And um, I spent, you know, basically a month going back and forth between here in Seattle and getting this training uh, to get this business going. And um, I'll never forget this, but one time I was driving home from Seattle. I had been up there all week and I was driving home from Seattle. And um, you know those moments in your life where you hit like rock bottom? You guys know what I'm talking about? Where you have like these rock bottom moments and you have these conversations with the Savior and, and you really just have to dig down deep and figure it out, right? And, and lean on Him. Well, I had one of those moments. I was driving down through the busy traffic of Seattle and cars are flying by me and I'm just a small town Idaho guy and driving through all that traffic and, and I just shut off the radio, shut off everything and I just decided... I'm just going to pour my heart out, you know? It's like Bluetooth. Do you guys do that? Has anyone else ever pray while you're driving? It's like one of my favorite things. Shut off everything and anymore with Bluetooth, like people don't think you're crazy. They don't think you're talking to yourself. They just think you're talking to somebody, but you're just praying to the man upstairs. And it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and so as I was driving through this busy traffic, I had one of those meltdowns. I was just tell, I was just like, please help me. I got it. Like, it, this has got to work. If I go back and this thing tanks, my family could be living on the street. I mean, all the worst case, you know, when you're at that moment in your life and all the worst case scenarios start rolling through your head of, well, what if this tanks? What if this? What if that? And as I'm praying and driving and just pouring my heart out to the Lord, one of the famous scriptures of the Book of Mormon comes to mind and you hear this over and over again in the Book of Mormon, inasmuch as you keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. That sentence just came to my mind, just boom. Inasmuch as you keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. And I was like, whoo, okay, I can do this. I can do this, right? Um, and so went back home, and um, shortly after, a couple months later, we had our, for our daughter, um, came and so now we had two kids, but I can just witness and testify that God did prosper us in the land as we as we live the commandments, as we went to church, as we strive to put the Savior first. 
I learned that that word prosper doesn't just mean financially, but it was all the way around. Uh, our relationship in our marriage, the relationship with our children, um, the relationship that we had with the Lord, and certainly those financial blessings came, right? And business was successful, more successful than we'd ever even imagined that it would be. Um, and it was, just, it was just a great blessing, right? Um, and then um, we just, you know, kept working that for a couple of years. Um, how am I doing on, I'm doing good, right, on time? Um, what do we go to? Okay, okay, good, good. We're good on time. Okay, so um, with that business, um, things were really good. And one of the things that the insurance business that I was a part of, they had a requirement that you had to get um, an investing license. So to do like mutual funds and all that kind of investing, it's kind of crazy. They make you take tests for that kind of stuff. Turns out they want people to be smart about investing money. Crazy thought, right? <laughs> but it's true, right? And so um, they told me, they said, you've got two years to get this investing licensing done, right? So from the time I started my insurance business, I had two years to get the investing part of that done. And there's a, two tests that are really, really hard that are associated with that. Um, it's kind of like, you know, like attorneys take the bar exam, right? And that's like their exam. And you got like doctors that take the, the MCAT and things like that, like that big test to see if you really know what you're talking about, if you really know what you're doing. And so that was this test that I had to take, right? Um, and so as it got closer, I started to really study like crazy, right? like several hours a night, like I would just go lock myself in a room and I was studying and I was working hard. Um, because what would happen is if you didn't get that licensing done with the investing part, they could take away your business from you. So it was that big that they said, we'll give you two years to get it done. But if you don't get it done in two years, you, you can't continue to operate your insurance business because that financial part of it is such a huge part of it, right? And so I'm studying, probably like a lot of you, right? How many are going to school right now and know exactly the study I'm talking about, right? Where you're just grinding it out, right? Studying like crazy. Um, and so that was me and, you know, with a couple of kids and busy lives and still trying to run this business. Um, and so as it got closer, I started to get more and more nervous because I realized that I was falling short of what it would take, right? And so the night before um, the exam, I decided to take a practice test. You know those like simulator ones? You can take a practice test and just see where you're at. It's all multiple choice. So yeah, I did that. <laughs> I got like a 50%. And I was like, oh, Oh, this is not good. This is like a train wreck waiting to happen tomorrow. And I'm going to be a part of that train wreck. And this is going to be bad, right? So say my prayer and I just go to bed, just dejected, just like, how's this even going to work? How am I going to do it? I wake up in the morning and 
Anyone ever been in just desperation mode with your scriptures and you just flip them open, hoping for something? <laughs> you just flip that thing open. So I did that. That morning I woke up before the test and I just said, Heavenly Father, please guide me somewhere. Well, I just happened to open up my scriptures directly to 1 Nephi chapter 4, verse 6. And you guys remember the story, right? You've got Nephi who's got to get those plates and Laban's in his way. And um, verse 6 says, And I was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. Right? Well, if there's any time I didn't know what the heck I was doing was now, right? So I said a prayer. And you know those prayers where you just promise the Lord everything? You're like, if you help me through this one thing, I'll never sin again. <laughs> I will be the best kid on the planet. I will give everything back, right? I will do everything you ever wanted me to do. That was that prayer. I read that scripture. I hit my knees. I said that prayer and I just told him, I'm going to fail this test. Help me though. Like help me. I know you know this stuff and you can do this. I can't, but I know you can and help me. I go to the test. And do you guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever taken a test where you feel like you're guessing on every question? Yeah. Where you're just like, D looks good. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, let's just go with A. Well, well I might as well choose B this time. Why, why not, right? And the test was set up in a way where you know where they say, choose the most correct answer, those hard ones. That's how it was. At the end of, at the end of that test, if someone would have said, hey, Tell me exactly how many you got right. I probably would have said maybe two. Maybe there was two questions. There was like 70, right? Maybe there was two that I was like, mm, yeah, I'd, I'd guarantee that question. I'd guarantee that one right there. But anything else? No, right? And I just said a little, I just, I did my best. I prayed as I went throughout it. I chose my best, did my best, and said a little prayer and, hit submit on that thing. And it was one of those where you get your, you get your test result back immediately because it was all just graded on the computer. And there's a little hourglass there. And it seemed like, you know when something only took like five seconds of your life, but it felt like five hours? That was that moment staring at the computer screen and just waiting, waiting. I needed a 70% to pass. Up pops on the screen, 70%, <laughs> which should always make people feel comfortable. You got, <clears throat> got a 70% chance of your money ever making it. <clears throat> Fortunately, that's not the case. You ever think about that with like your doctor? What'd you get on your exam? <laughs> like, uh, how, how am I going to like be walking out of here in just a little bit, right? Um, so anyway, 70%, um, and that was, I was sitting there and just like so, so grateful, just like, oh, thank you. And I just felt these words come to my mind. By this you will know that I helped you. By this you will know that I helped you. And I've thought about that over and over again, because if I would have failed that thing, I'd have been like, where were you, you know? Or if I would have gotten more, I probably could have had a little ego about it and just been like, oh yeah, I totally knew that stuff, yeah. But to me it was neat. And it was one of those moments in my life where the Lord intervened 
And I want to know in the next life the details of that. Don't you want to know some of these things? When you get to the next life, like I want to just talk to the, the, the Lord and just say, hey, how many did you have to change the answer to? <laughs> how far off was I? And you'd be like, oh, you're about 20 questions short. But so symbolic of the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? Or if he has angels that he employs to go in the technology system and just be like, you got another one wrong. Change that one. Or I don't know, but isn't it cool? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be fun to see like all of the details of how things worked out, right? Um, so um, fast forwarding a couple of years, uh, I did great in that business, but I really felt like there was something else that I was successful there, but um, we felt like there was something else, uh, something that I really could do that would make a, a difference and a benefit. And I felt the Lord saying, check out something else, right? Um, and so um, I had one of my great friends from growing up in uh, high school. Him and I were in the same ward, uh, Danny Ricks, Brother Ricks. He used to uh, teach here at the Institute and seminary as well, and he's now up at BYU-Idaho. But um, he was part of this, and one night, it was actually Valentine's Day, we were out to dinner with him and his wife, and we were talking about things professionally, and he asked me about my business, and I said, well, things are going good, you know, but I just really feel like empty a little bit. Like, I don't feel like passionate about what I do anymore, and He's like, I got something for you. <laughs> He's like, you should look at being a seminary and institute instructor. Like, you should really look into that. And I was like, ah, you know, all the things. Yeah, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I, I could do that. And I was nervous and I still had this business and all this stuff. And, and he goes, hey, listen, it, it, let me just put you on the phone with the guy that's in charge of the helping with the hiring process. He's the, the pre-service trainer in the area. And his name is Jim Edwards. <laughs> and Serena's eyes got about this big. Like, Brother Edwards? So rewind a few years back, Brother Edwards taught Sister Huff in seminary over at Meridian High with Brother Gagnon, two of, the, two of my heroes there, and taught her just to love the Scriptures, love the Savior. And, and um, so when she heard that, she's like, for nothing else, you've got to meet the legend. You've got to meet the legend. You, you know, because that, that's where Brother Gagnon and uh, Brother Edwards were in her book. They had much, made such an impact and helped her find the Savior that, our whole married life, it was like Jesus, the prophet, Brother Edwards, and Brother Gagnon. You know, we're like, and I was like, I, I got to meet these guys, you know? And so um, a couple days later, I was talking to Brother Edwards on the phone, and this is in February, again, Valentine's time frame. And he goes, yeah, I got something. This is going to be great. And he, he got me excited about it. And he goes, well, the crazy thing is, though, is we don't have anything going a next class until August. And I was like, that's six months away. And that just seemed like to me at that time frame of like, well, that's, I don't even know. Yeah, whatever, maybe, maybe type attitude. But in the back of my mind, the Lord was like always in the details saying, 
I'm getting you ready. Don't worry. Don't worry. Right. So um, the process for seminary teachers, you, you, there's a class you got to take. You do some practicum. You do some student teaching. You do a lot of interviews. There's there's some things along the way. Um, and this class would start in August. And so as the class started to get closer, um, Serene and I received several promptings that we should sell the insurance business. We didn't even know if this was going to work out or what we were going to do, but we just knew that if it did work out and the Lord had a plan, that we needed to be ready to be able to be in a position uh, to, to do this full time. Because owning a business and trying to do this full-time would be extremely hard, right? Um, so as August got closer, though, I started to get a lot of cold feet. You guys know what I'm talking about? As you get, like, you think something's a great idea, but as you get closer, you start to second-guess yourself. And you sometimes start to talk yourself out of it and go, oh, maybe that's not for me. Maybe I shouldn't go, right? And so uh, we decided to go to the temple, this is the weekend before the class would start in August. And we decide we're going to receive revelation. We're going to get some revelation. We need to know if I should even take that class. Because at this point, I kind of started to, I really started to waver. And I thought, I don't even know if I'll do it. So we go to the temple. We had an amazing session, but no revelation came. It was just one of those nice, peaceful moments. But as we're walking out of the temple, um, there's this big guy across the, the lobby of the temple. And you know in the Boise temple where you have like the lobby here and then you drop down the stairs and then walk out? It was in that lobby up here. And I look across the way and I see this big tall guy. Looked like he could have played football for BYU or something. You know, like that type of build. And I'd never met him in person before, but you know one of those familiar faces where you look at them and go, where have I seen you before? And I look over at my wife and I go, who is that guy? I swear, I, who is he? I know him, I think. She goes, that's Brother Edwards. No, no. <laughs> oh, this is crazy, right? So him and his wife are walking down the stairs at the same time we're walking down the stairs. And we walk out of the temple at the same exact time. And of course, Sister Huff sees him and she's like, Brother Edwards. And he goes, Serena, it's so good to see you. And they, they started talking and catching up. And we walk outside the temple and he looks at me and he goes, Matt, you're going to be at my class on Tuesday night, right? And I go, yeah, I'm going to be at your class on Tuesday night. <laughs> and you know those big handshakes that he gives you? And I, I, but, yeah, I mean, how do you say that? It's like, yes, yeah, I will be there, right? Um, and that just opened up uh, so many doors. Like, as I went to the classes and as I continued to study it out and more miracles started to happen, um, but I just testify that the Savior is in the details of your lives, of my life, and um, He's there. I think about the chances of that. Like, what are the chances? Uh, you know, this was kind of a last-minute thing that we were going to be at the temple uh, that night, that him and his great wife were going to be at the temple that night at the same time. 
walking out of the same, like the same doors, the same everything. It's hard enough to plan with another couple to go even out on a date. You, you know what I'm saying? To try to line up schedules to say, hey, when are you going to go out to dinner? When are we going to go out to dinner? Like half the time, you, you spend like several months just trying to coordinate calendars to try to even make something like that work. Um, but I just love how, um, as I think back on my life and as, as I think about your lives, how there's these human orbits, right, that the Lord puts in place and, and there's this divine design where He can um, help us and bless us. And I um, just want to let you know that I love the Savior. I know that He lives. I know that um, He is so much more aware of us than we can possibly imagine. And as you put your trust and your faith in Him, as you keep obeying the commandments, He will prosper you in the land. That as you're making these huge decisions right now about school, about professional things, about family things, about marriage things, about all these different decisions you have to make in your life, that if you stay focused on the Savior, things work out. It doesn't always mean that it's the easy route and that you're never gonna have a bad day and you're not gonna take some hard knocks. Those will definitely come, uh, but He'll be there every step of the way. He'll be there in your story, you'll see Him. He'll be there lifting you and elevating you and, and doing things for you that you don't even know until the next life, right? And I share that testimony and witness in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen.